2: Oh, I didn't prep anything for the lead. (laughs) Well, let's get into it. (laughs) I honestly had nothing.
3: I—I'll be honest. On my screen, it said starts in 15 seconds, and I realized that's the YouTube.
2: Yeah, 20 seconds behind.
3: And then I heard the sound as, "Oh, we're going."
2: The old 20 second delay. Uh, Welcome into Oilers Nation every day, as always, (laughs) live from the Sports Closet Studio. It's the off season. What? You want me to prep? You're crazy. June 1st, we're down the home stretch here on uh, Oilers Nation every day. Just a month remaining of everyday shows as we work our way closer to the draft and free agency. And we'll still be talking all things offseason. Uh, we're live on the Oilers Nation YouTube as well. Who's got the first comment? I don't even have the YouTube chat open today. Bro.
3: First comment, Clem is him. Get Tom Wilson. Yeah. Sounds good.
2: Hell yeah, brother. I'll do it too. Yep. I'll, uh, I'd love to go get uh, Tom Wilson on this Oilers team. He may be, depending on how things go in Washington, one of the premier rentals at the deadline. So I actually think it might be smart. The more I think about that situation and that hypothetical, it might be smarter for them to like hold on to Tom Wilson because mm-hmm. you might get a lot for him at the deadline. And then you're not like pulling the pin on the season too early or anything like that.
3: Two first round picks at the deadline for Tom Wilson?
2: No, I think that's a bit much.
3: First so. and another pick. What
2: though. did Bertuzzi get? A first? I think Tyler Bertuzzi went for a first. So he probably goes for more than what Bertuzzi went for, but nothing like crazy more. Not like double the price of Bertuzzi.
3: Bertuzzi was a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick. Okay, First-round pick in 2024. First and a
2: second then? Like a first in 2024 and a second the year after is probably the ask for Wilson at the deadline?
3: So also consider Bertuzzi only had four goals too.
2: Yeah, like he wasn't having a great year. He struggled to stay healthy and things like that, which I guess you could also kind of say about uh, Tom Wilson as well. Um, We'll talk about some other offseason questions here. Giddy up. Our short for giant offseason question is coming up as well. So lots to get to today on the show. If you're watching on the Oilers Nation YouTube, go hammer that like button for us. Let's see if we can hit triple digits on likes. We haven't done that in a long time.
3: That would be very nice. I'm going
2: to push the viewers, try to get us to 100. Try to get us to 100 likes on the Oilers Nation YouTube. (laughs) Tristan is in. And, uh, oh, wow. He says, thank God for this podcast. As of yesterday, I'm in bed rest for one to three weeks after surgery. So I hope everything's okay, Tristan.
3: Well, luckily for you, Tristan, we have 24 more shows to go. Is that how many? I just counted. Ah. So I'm counting. We would obviously do free agency day. And the day and one more after. So would that be the Monday? Because free agency is on a Saturday. Yeah, we'll take
2: Sunday off and we'll have one last show. We're doing a beer show Monday. Beer show. All right. Mm. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. That cooler is still stocked. So that is true. Throw
3: some ice in that bad boy. <laughs> uh,
2: I want to catch up on what you're all saying in the chat here. Uh, shout out to Tristan, who's chilling in mm. uh, bed. Yes, you'll have lots of shows to watch. Brian says, Who could bounce back? Well, the one that absolutely must bounce back is soup, or we're in huge trouble. Yes, there will be mm. a lot of Jack Campbell talk today. Good and you said, Tom Wilson would be incredible. Don't see it happening. One can dream, though. That's why he's in the column of dream trade candidates for the Edmonton Oilers A year ago, no one would have thought they were going to get Matthias at home, right?
3: Yep, signs that new deal. Kind of a weird one.
2: That was a weird one, that, but
3: that really opened happen. the door for the the NHL, I think, in just a, a massive way. Like, kind of very much a copycat league, right?
2: Yeah, the the Predators showing they're not afraid to kind of do that. It's usually a bit of a every faux pas, like oh, you sign a guy and you trade him right after, mm-hmm. like not what you're supposed to be doing. But hey, everyone kind of won in uh, in that deal. Uh, a lot of oh, an interesting Darnell nurse takes. You know what? I actually want to get to that. Let's jump into it. Sherwood right. Ford giant off-season question for the day. It is June 1st, which means our friends at Sherwood Ford, for every person that goes to the dealership and test drives a vehicle, they are going to be making a donation to charity. So head down to Sherwood Ford. Go get yourself. Maybe you want to test drive the Ford Lightning or the Ford F-150 Lightning Edition. Ooh. I've I've looked at it. I've sat in it. It's very neat. Um, If you go, every person that goes for a test drive, a donation will be made to the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation. So there you go. Uh, Short for giant question, who needs to bounce back next season? Give me your top three Oilers, in order of importance, Liam, that need to bounce back next season.
3: Okay. Do you want me to go three to one? Number three, I will go, assuming he's still here, Cody Cece needs to bounce back next season.
2: And I like him in that spot because there was a comment about Darnell nurse. And I'll read that for you. Um, it's from good and you who said, if we get a good partner for nurse going to be a Norris caliber season, heard it here first. And I have Darnell nurse on my list, but having Cody Ceci there there's the bounce back. Hey, if Cody CC doesn't just bounce back, but like takes a step forward mm-hmm. somehow, then the trickle down effect of that is Darnell nurse is better. They can handle heavy minutes. Eckholm and Bouchard can probably, you know, have a bit of an easier time out there. The trickle-down effect of, of CC having a big bounce back is a good one.
3: Yeah, and there was reports today from Daniel Omnijian Bowman at The Athletic that it, like the Oilers would actually probably like to bring him back and see what he can do again when he's healthy. So we'll see. I think that's one thing that kind of went under the rug quite a bit with Cece. was, he was apparently banged up most of the year. What I say to that too is, take a break. Take a week off. If you're hurt, yeah. Like you're, you're damaging the team a little bit. Everybody. He was. So that's what I would say. I like CC. He's just got to be a lot better. Who's your number three?
2: My number three, like I said, I have nurse. There are some obvious candidates in there. I'm leaving off Kyler Yamamoto from my mm-hmm. list just because like, I, I don't think he's going to get the chance to bounce back here next season. I think he's played his last game as an Edmonton oiler. So I'll throw a bit of a different one here, William ryan mcleod not that he was bad neck last year but and i know we like using the line the old low tide line of development isn't always a straight line Mm -hmm. right 11 goals in 57 games that's solid not quite a 20 goal pace but that's a 15 plus goal pace but i was really excited for him to take like a big step forward and i didn't quite see that from mcleod so a bounce back for me Again, he was fine when we get to him in the player grades. I'm giving him a passing grade, but stay healthy for 82 and take a a sizable step forward is what I'm looking for from McLeod. So I have him in that column as my third bounce back with a bit of an asterisk.
3: Number two for me. Yeah. I'll go with Van der Mm Kane. I know this season wasn't his fault in multiple ways. Obviously, the wrist. Was there I think it was an elbow or a shoulder, right? And then in the playoffs he got hurt again. That's what it's kind of based off of me. Is like this guy just needs to come into the team, be what he was supposed to be this year. I mean, he scored 16 goals at the end of
2: the day, right? And thirty fought, goal thirty two goal pace.
3: Yeah. And that's what I would like to see from him next season. So not really his fault. Plagued all season, but Van Der would be second for me to bounce back.
2: Okay. At number two, I had Darnell nurse. Okay. He didn't have a great year. Like I we just talked about how his partner's gotta be better and that'll help. I think a full season of Eckholm and Bouchard being, you know, the pseudo-top pairing here in Edmonton, I think that'll help as well. Darnell Nurse still had a lot of rough moments. Mm-hmm. I defend him. I think this fan base is way too hard on him. The contract, sure, not great. That's not Darnell Nurse's fault. That's the organization's fault. Mm-hmm. That's Peter Chiarelli for bridging him twice. That's Ken Holland for bridging him and not signing him long-term. The Oilers didn't want to take a gamble on Darnell Nurse when he was younger and they had to pay the price in his UFA years. That's the way this stuff goes. I do not blame him for the bad contract, but still made some bad turnovers, right? He was prone to some really, really ugly mistakes in his own end. He was not as bad as some people want you to believe he is. He is a legitimate top four defenseman in today's NHL. He is. There is no way around that. The Oilers need him to bounce back To a top pairing level like he was in the All Canadian year.
3: Career high for Donnell Nurse this season, too, on points with 43. I think even 38 of them would have been five on five.
2: Doesn't get power play time. No.
3: So I agree. I think Nurse, he'd probably be four on my list, to be honest. The reason I wouldn't have him in the top three is because I just think he means so much to this team in a variety of ways. And we're harsh on him, but overall, I don't don't disagree with what you said. Mm -hmm. Number one.
2: Well, I want to catch up on what people are saying so far. Christopher okay. Palmer has his three. I know you had a big dramatic uh, build eager. up, and I just I ripped it from you. <laughs> Christopher Palmer went Fogel Holloway soup. Okay. Okay. Canada is in and says first year esque Cody Cece and we win the West. I, I think there's other factors there, but that would definitely go a long way uh-huh. in that. Uh Tyler Mulich said Holloway needs to step up next season, need second half Bouchard all season. And he also said McLeod needs to develop into a rock, into the rock solid middle sixer that we need. Odin went Kane at three, CC at two, and Soup at one. Canada said Dylan Holloway will bounce back with a forty-five point season. Uh, Wise Kyle is in. Had Kulak at three, which I thought Kulak was actually good this year. Kane at two, Nurse at one. I think any list that doesn't have Jack Campbell is a mistake. Is he your number one?
3: Yes. How could he not? <laughs> How could he not be? Uh, I guess just before I dive into it, a, a big positive from this is, there's not a lot of guys that really need to bounce back. You know, like there's obviously there's okay. probably about a handful.
2: Let me take that another way. Is that a good thing or is that a sign that this team could regress next year?
3: I I had a thought in my head a little bit too. I I don't think this team will regress too much because their stars are too good. Like that power yeah. play is going to be pretty much the same again, right? And there'll be other ads here and there, but. You look at a guy like Fogel, 13 goals this season from a third liner, solid production. Mm-hmm. Yamo, obviously a guy. We're not really mentioning him because you don't need to, but the bottom six are every single forward on this team's got 10 or more goals. Mm-hmm. That's very, very good. But between the pipes was obviously an issue for the Oilers. Jack Campbell was paid to be the number one goalie on this team. The Oilers gave him probably too many chances. Didn't work out for him at all. What, how many games did he play this season? 36. 36. 888 save percentage, not good enough. We need way, way more from Jack Campbell. And I think we will get it.
2: Mm-hmm. I hope. Yeah, he's number one on my list as well. I think if you want to take some signs of encouragement, is that he had a couple of good stretches later in the year. Um, I think I wouldn't bet on Jack Campbell being sub 890 again next year. I'm not gonna sit here and say he's an absolute lock to be a 905. I think he I in all likelihood, he will be. Mm-hmm. I think the likely outcome next year is Jack Campbell bounces back, has some really, really good stretches, couple ugly moments. He'll have them. That's kind of who he is as a goalie. But he will have a 907, save percentage next year is my prediction. Not going to be a legit number one. That's Stuart Skinner's job. I think we have all we can, can all kind of agree on that. But I think expecting him to be above a 900 is a fair assumption. Not a lock, but a fair assumption. Do
3: you think he'll play more than the? amount of games this next season than he did today, uh, this season?
2: No, I think this split's pretty good. 36 mm. for him, 46 for uh, Skinner. Yeah, they might hit 40. 36, 46. Uh, yeah, sorry. 40, 42, maybe. Like, you know, 82 games. We probably saw the outer marker this year with 46 and 36 in that split. It'll be somewhere within there.
3: I think, um, yeah, I would agree. I think one thing that'll benefit Campbell a lot next season is the fact that he's not going to be given the. Big, big assignments. Mm-hmm. But to his credit, I suppose he did have two wins against Tampa Bay this season, I think. Like he, he did. He had some good good ones. He just lost against a shit team. So maybe maybe it's the other way. But yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, it's his equipment nailed down a little bit. See what happened over the summer. Like settling in. Like I'd be curious to go look through the stats of goalies who signed a big ticket and how they did in year one. Like we saw it with Markstrom in Calgary is a, yeah. a good example of it. Like, eventually got better. And
2: Sergey Babarovsky, Bobrov,
3: Yeah, may have heard of him. Um, the blue line's also going to be exactly the same this season. Yeah. Pretty much, barring maybe one or two changes. But familiarity there. So, I think it'll benefit. Everything seems to look like it's going to benefit Jack Campbell to bounce back next season.
2: Good news. He had soup at number one. CC at two. Yamo at three. Um, Jared said we need a goalie no way around it. We don't need a goalie. The Oilers don't need a goalie. I think that's full stock You have two guys locked in at 7.6 million. That's a decent price tag to have your goalies in at. One of them is a young guy who showed this last year he's capable of being a number mm-hmm. 1. The other guy is a vet who's had good moments in career in his career who should bounce back with the stability of his second year in the same city. Yeah. Uh, just saying the Oilers need a goalie. Listen, every not every team, 70% of the teams in the league would love an upgrade in the pipes, yes. but it's not realistic. <laughs> yeah. Every team would love Connor Hellebuck, but it's not realistic.
3: I think the Oilers just need Jack Campbell to be a, a good goalie. That's it, right? Like, that's what they need to need Jack Campbell to be good. We also need way more likes on this video, taylor We're only at 26 right now. Yeah. So if you're watching on the Oilers Nation
2: craped. YouTube, hammer that like button. Uh, because we're on this conversation, Let's get to Jack Campbell's player card. He's up mm-hmm. today. Number 36. Soup is here for our player grade, which is brought to you, Liam. Oh. By the UFC. <sighs> Do you know the UFC is coming back to Canada for the first time in four years? I Over did. four years. I love the UFC. Are you actually a big UFC guy? I Yeah.
3: I, I try and watch as many pay-per-views as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one I watched, which was a couple ago, was Volkanovski, and he fought... The guy, uh, I can't remember his name, but he, he trains with Habib. Okay. And it was unreal. And he was hum, in... Hamzat? No, no. It, hum, You're a big with...
2: UFC guy too, right, Aaron?
3: I like to drink and gamble. so <laughs>
2: Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> On that way. Something electric <laughs> about watching a UFC pay-per-view. UFC 289, Nunez versus Aldana is the headliner. Whoa. That's legit. At Rogers Arena in Vancouver, Saturday, June 10th. But of course, we were watching this here in Edmonton. You're getting that pay-per-view next Saturday.
3: There was, um, there's one UFC fight and it involves a Canadian that will stick in my mind forever and ever. And I believe, I don't think he fight Yeah, is Islam. That's the guy who, who fought Volkanovski. Mm. It was Rory McDonald. I think his name was versus Robbie Lawler. And the two of them went out with nose looking. They started the, the, the fight with noses, very regular noses. They mm. both came out with very flat faces mm. and they basically just punched each other for five rounds. It was amazing and at the end of the fight robbie Lawler won and his lip was cut right here and every single time he spoke it got just grew wider and wider it was revolting but it was the best fight
2: six canadians added to the card at ufc 289 speaking of cards let's get to the report card for jack campbell this season a regular season grade a playoff grade and his chance of returning listen there's no way around it He's number one on everyone's list of players who's got to bounce back because the regular season was bad. D minus is the grade I gave him. I didn't go full on F. I'm not failing the guy. He's not repeating a grade, but D minus for Jack Campbell. It's hard to paint that season in a positive with a positive brush. He had that good stretch kind of in January, mm. ended the year with two good starts against the Ducks, but everything else was like beyond ugly.
3: Yeah. The um that's the only big thing about it, right? Is that like he had that really good stretch. Was It It was right around the All-Star time yeah. where he would, we were kind of thinking like, well, how is Stuart Skinner going to get back in this team? It was yeah. in Vegas we saw him. That's kind of when it started, right? When we were down Skinner
2: there. was gone for the birth of his child yeah. and Campbell really took over, won those back-to-backs in San Jose and when and we Vegas, were in Vegas. Yeah. yeah,
3: so that was big. But yeah, there's not... <laughs> You can't put too much too much on it, right? To make it a positive luck. It was a disappointing season overall for Jack Campbell. You're gonna need way more than him. They pay way more for that. So yeah, did we give out the playoff grade too?
2: My playoff grade for Jack Campbell, I went with a nice even A. He was great, man. He borderline saved their season in round one. <laughs> yeah. He had a 101 GAA and a 961 save percentage in his Four relief appearances for Stuart Skinner. He picked up a win. And I would argue they actually might have forced seven if they would have gone with him in game six
3: against I, Vegas. I completely agree. I think that and was, we're not
2: using hindsight. We did say that on that show that like, ah, there is a good case to start Campbell in that game.
3: There was a good case to start Campbell because of the way he had been playing. And it was a good case because of the way Stuart Skinner had been playing. Mm. I think that was Woodcroft's biggest mistake. I would say, in his Oilers coaching career. Probably. Yeah. Probably not, not giving Jack Campbell a chance and showing that belief, despite what Campbell had done for you in that playoffs so far. I understand the reputation Campbell had going into the playoffs, but to me, it all goes out the window once the playoffs actually begin. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think Campbell deserved an A. In the playoffs, I might even push it to an A plus, to be honest. Because yeah. he came on. I did I think he allowed one goal in the three relief appearances, one or two, maybe. So two, two yeah. made that huge stop on Alvardson in game whatever that was, crazy right? Good, Five. Man. Like saved the entire season. So yeah, a crazy turn of events. What do you say? D minus and then an A.
2: Yeah. Some people wow. go in <laughs> F and then A plus even in the chat. And Tyler Mulik said it was a fail of a season. No and I would agree. Yeah, like, again, I can't argue against that. It's hard, to. I I know what you mean. Um, Chance of being back, I went 95%. Like, I'm leaving the door open that some other team has a problem contract. Like, if Pittsburgh, if our our boy Kyle Dubis calls you up (laughs) and says, I like soup. Granted, he wasn't willing to commit to soup a year ago, so maybe this is stupid. Soup for Granlund. $5 million contracts. You swap them. Do you do it? Uh, I think you probably do, right? I, I discuss
3: it. The goalies on the market this summer aren't even that bad. Jari. Jari. That's the big one. Aiden
2: Hill. Yeah. Bring him back. Bring him back in what? the sense that he had success here playing. He against played
3: the AJ. That's what I meant. Oh, really? Played for the Calgary Canucks. But like 10 games or something ah. like that. Bring him back. Okay. Good Western.
2: Hockey 95% League. agree or disagree with that.
3: I agree. I think if the opportunity is there and someone's like, hey, like, we'll trade you this for this, like, I don't mm. think the Oilers would really hesitate too much. Also, is Grandland's deal that bad? Five million for a guy that got 49 points this season? I know I, it's not perfect by any means. I
2: just don't see him having 50 again next year. Maybe on the Oilers, he'll get 60. I don't love him. <laughs> no, I don't love him either. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't do it. But from a cap perspective, like I would, I would almost do it than buy out Grandland if the offer was there, but I don't think it will be. So there you go. Does he have a good bio? He's a really good bio.
3: Really? Interesting.
2: Because yeah. uh, Frank has him on his bio list. He's got like Yamo one, then it was Mantha and Grandlin's on there as well. But uh, anyways, I'm watching the Jays game right now. Damn, he's hitting to a double play. How are we doing? I, I don't want to say because I know there's some people who PVR it.
3: I was, you know, so my parents are going down to Seattle to watch um, George Strait yep. in a couple of weeks. And my dad is like, they're going to a Mariners game, Mariners White Sox, yeah. which is my first baseball game too. And it'd be my dad's first baseball game in the MLB. So he bought a jersey and he's been watching the Mariners a little bit. Did you see the other day where there was that home plate umpire it was his second MLB game and he tossed out uh, Tom Murphy and the coach for literally nothing. It was unbelievable. So the guy went to do like a, a swing and it wasn't even close. And the the chief, the what do they call it? Crew chief. chief crew chief called it. And the guy went, that was terrible. And he tossed him. And before the Mariners umpire even got, uh, coach even got all, out of the thing, he just tossed him already. And he's like, dude, what are you trying to do Set here? Set the tone. Why are you protecting your crew chief? It's your second game of the, your career.
2: Crazy. I hate MLB umpires. Get, out, get out. Damn it. Yeah, I mean, officials in a lot of sports kind of have a bad rap.
3: I just hate that, that you can just toss plays so, so easily. It's ridiculous.
2: It happens there way more than it does in any other sport. Any
3: yeah. other. It's, yeah. it's crazy.
2: And it's, it's a grind of a season, though. So umpires tend to have a bit, a bit of a short fuse there. You want, you want to show this?
0: I, I'm asking him if
2: you Oh, I can't even see it. Let's have a look. It's really gross. I don't know if we want to show it. It might get, uh... it might get flagged. Don't put it up. <laughs>
3: yeah, don't put it. If you want to find it, go look up Robbie Lawler's. It's Robbie yeah. Lawler's lip.
2: Just rub, yeah. look up
3: Robbie Lawler's <sighs>
2: face. There you, you go. There's that. our <laughs> Jack Campbell player grade for the year, brought to you by UFC 289. Coming back to Vancouver for the first time in almost four years. Nunez versus Aldana and six other Canadians on the card. The pay per view event you won't want to miss. June 10th, UFC 280. Nine, a couple other orders of business that we want to get to on the show today. Let's talk a little bit about Kyle Dubas being hired and the yeah. announcement going out 30 minutes before Brad Tree Living's introductory press conference in Toronto. Listen, I don't understand why Dubas wanted this. Why wouldn't you wait until Ottawa? Ottawa's a better situation to go into. How long is this contract? We don't know. I'm assuming okay. Frank thinks minimum five years.
3: That's kind of what I thought too get some stability. If it doesn't work, they have to pay you out.
2: Yeah. I don't know. It's like we said
3: yesterday, Pittsburgh's either one of the best jobs in the league or the worst. It depends which way you view it. It's interesting.
2: It's an all or nothing swing. It's either going to be a miserable time or a great time.
3: They don't have a lot in the farm system.
2: Who are their prospects?
3: Owen Pickering.
2: Sam Poulin. That's that's it. I don't know anyone else. (laughs) I do not think the Pittsburgh Penguins have an A-level prospect in their system.
3: Pickering's good. But again, he's just got drafted last year. It's probably going to be a couple of years until they get him anywhere
2: close. There's nothing there. Nothing. So, ah, man. Also, okay, you have your three first round picks for the next three years. You don't have a second round of this year because previous regime felt the need to trade it for Michael Granlund, who really (laughs) contributed as they missed the playoffs.
3: That was big.
2: <laughs> I don't think you can trade any of those first because you at some point need to add prospects to your pool. You do. You do need to plan
3: for the future in some sense. So how do you operate this offseason? Maybe you operate in the sense of we're only going to trade our first round picks if we get a player that is younger than 24. Sure. So then that's kind of I'm just trying. I'm thinking of the Kirby Doc trade a little bit from last season. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of guys who I, I, I mean, I don't know how many of those plays are even available, but that's kind of how I would operate. And then maybe you do what something similar to what Ken Holland did yesterday, right? Where you find those Fine those gems. those older prospects before they, you know, later in a draft, whatever it may be, and then they become more available sooner. Maybe that's an option for them. But yeah, I mean, Caldew, this is there's not a lot going on outside of what's actually in. Pittsburgh, I mean, you got some great players. Crosby and Malkin are still legit. You have a goalie if you want to bring back Tristan Jory. Will they? I don't know. Defensively?
2: That blue what? line, Petrie, <sighs> Latang, both over 35. Marcus Pedersen, Yan Ruda. That's a third pairing, not a second pairing. Like, P.O. Joseph, yeah. I think, you know, there was talk about them maybe putting him on waivers at the beginning of last year. They're losing to They got Chad Ruedel. They need a top six forward. A top two or top four D man at the minimum, and a starting goalie. Like, that is an intense workload. And again, no second rounder this year, no fourth rounder. You have a first and you have New Jersey's third, and that's it. How do you do that, man? Only $22 million in cap space. So let's say you used to go out and you get a free agent goalie or you bring back Jari, mm. whatever, that costs you four to five mil. You're down to at best $17 million left. There's no high end forwards on the free agent market. there's Severson on the blue line. I have an idea okay
3: what if uh, maybe this is just like a change of pace now for Pittsburgh, but this feels like a fit. What if they got Patrick in
2: so your your <laughs> idea okay <laughs> I'm thinking but. On the surface, it's like your idea of maximizing the Malcolm Crosby window is to just sign another old dude who's hurt.
3: I think that's like a Pittsburgh idea. I could 100 million percent see that happening. Dubas wanted him in Toronto, right? Maybe the idea of like, I'm sure Crosby knows him. Give him a call. Hey, Patty. It's Last dance vibes. However long they have on the contracts, <laughs> six I don't know, more man. years. I mean, it, it's it's a bit of a crazy one. Yeah. Personally, I would not do it, but I could just see that being such a Pittsburgh Penguins move of just like bringing in some old dudes and getting the job done by scraping into the playoffs. I they got our youth to this side though in a big way.
2: Hextall screwed them so hard. I was sitting here and I was like, "Okay, one, you probably want to get Jake Getzel done to an extension." Yep. But by the time that extension kicks in, he's 29. So, like, are you going to give Jake Gensel eight years if you're Dubis? Oui. Brian Rust, I was like, you know, maybe you could get some team to give you, like, a second and a prospect for Brian Rust. And then you could, again, move yeah. your first. You're more comfortable moving your first if you have a second and a third in the draft. No, full no move clause. What? <laughs> Ricard Raquel, modified no trade. Jeff Petrie, full no move. Latang full no move. Marcus Pedersen, no trade clause. That's a crazy one. It's insanity, bro.
3: I remember when they signed him. Carter, no move. And I just didn't know who he was.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know what they do next year, man. Like, again, no young talent coming up in that system in Pittsburgh. Kyle Dubas has his work cut out for him.
3: He does. He really does. But Kyle Dubas is a bold man. Yeah. He is not afraid to to pull the trigger when he needs to. And I think that's something that could benefit Pittsburgh quite well. It's going to be interesting. They he's not the GM though, so we'll see. So he's going to hire a there. GM, yeah. yeah. Frank
2: had a name uh, that he threw out there. I Jason Spetsa, I think Spetsa probably like an AGM. And Mike McKenna made a good point today. So the name Frank threw out was Cam Lawrence, currently a hockey analytics consultant for Columbus. Worked for the Panthers previously. I think he worked for Vegas for a bit, and yeah. he's currently the CFO at GNC LiveWell. Oh. So that is a, uh, the global source of performance, wellness, and diet solutions. He could be their GM. Mike McKenna made a good point. You can go hire that guy if you like him. Apparently, he's wicked smart, made some great moves in the Florida and Vegas front offices. Okay. Get him, but then you need a hockey guy next to him, right? Yes. You need someone who has an understanding of culture and how pieces will fit together and not just looking at the spreadsheet. So Spezza and Cam Lawrence would actually make a lot of sense.
3: Is there anybody on the Toronto Maple Leafs that you think could be an option for Pittsburgh next season? I'm looking. So these are the free agents. Uh, Achari, Aston Reese, who played for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Bunting, mm. David Kempf, maybe actually. I like David Kempf. Uh, Kerfoot, I think that actually could be something because they didn't really want to move him, right? If I remember correctly.
2: Yeah, but I don't view him as a solution.
3: Ryan O'Reilly. No. And Wayne Simmons. I don't no. think he'll go. Gustafson,
2: Justin Hall, yeah.
3: And then maybe they offer sheep Sansonov.
2: Yep. That's your guy. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? If Toronto and tree living is going to work out something, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dan Vladar end up in Toronto.
3: Oh, yeah. Tree living guy, right? That's a good
2: one. If he does and they let Sam Samsonov walk and they're running with Vladar and Wall as their goalies next year, Samsonov to Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it kind of adds up a little bit. Wall's good. Kevin Gosman is on freaking fire. How many? See, double digits for K's. Wow, and what in him? It's the top of the sixth. Yeah, cruising cruising for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, so that is good news. Um, Tyler Mulek said, Dubas isn't a GM, he's a poho. Dubas hires Keith as GM. LOL, yeah, why not? Um,
3: he's gonna have a ton of say if he's GM, poho, whatever he's poho.
2: It's his, it's his team. Yes, yeah. It, uh, Riley said, might be a long-term move. Dubas got all the control he wanted with the Pens job, and he's still young. Fast forward five years, he can be the poho anywhere he wants. If it goes well.
3: Yeah, for sure. It kind of reminds me of uh, the Toronto Raptors in a way. Amaziah Jury is the director of basketball operations, but everyone just forgets about Webster, that he's yeah. the actual GM. This is
2: what's going to happen in Pittsburgh. And I think if you get this Lawrence guy, or if you were to hire a Tulski or something, mm-hmm. then...
3: I think but it's it beneficial too, because then the pressure actually leaves the general manager and just gets put on Dubas, who I mean, if you work in Toronto, you can work anywhere yeah. with the
2: pressure. Uh, Christopher Palmer said Vladar to Pittsburgh. They don't have the assets to get Vladar. I think mm-hmm. Vladar might have a higher ceiling than Samsonov or does, yeah. but Pittsburgh doesn't have the assets, which is why I think they would have to check down to a Samsonov if Vladar gets moved to Toronto.
3: They got to be clever.
2: Yeah, Owen says Bunting could play top six and protect their stars. I don't hate Bunting there. Um, you know, he's on the right side of 30 still. So it's not it wouldn't be like a terrible idea, but I don't know.
3: They they probably just don't want to add another contract like Bunting.
2: Well, yeah, I think that's it. That's it. You have Raquel, Granlund, and Rust all making right around five million bucks. Can you add another one? I don't know. I don't know. It's a nice tie-in to our trade machine for today, though, Liam.
0: It it sure is.
3: I made this one.
2: Yeah, this was a Liam-inspired trade machine between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. And it involves the Penguins getting a goalie. Take us through your thought process here. My
3: thought process was John Gibson Mm -hmm. is from Pittsburgh. He is. Anaheim have kind of wanted to move on from him for a few years now. Pittsburgh are going to want to go in a different direction, I think, with goaltending. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Jory a couple of times. I think Jory's good. He's just injured quite often. Yeah, Gibson, relatively reliable between the pipes. Played 53 games this season, 56 last season. I know his numbers haven't been fantastic, but let's also remember that Anaheim absolutely stinks. Yeah. Maybe a new area for him to go and play. Could Hasn't
2: be been Pittsburgh. above a 9.05 in four straight seasons.
3: Anaheim has been good, what, maybe one of those seasons? So I think going to Pittsburgh could help him, could help Anaheim. They'll get out of it. I had going back Mikhail Granlund, Mm -hmm. uh, Taylor Goche, I believe the goalie is, who is Pittsburgh's best goalie prospect. And then a second round pick. You can probably play around with the prospects. but like we said, there isn't many there. What do you think?
2: So I don't know how much value John Gibson has. And I'll be honest, mm-hmm. I don't know if John Gibson's worth a first round pick straight up anymore. I,
3: I don't think so either.
2: No. On the other hand, if you're Pittsburgh and you need to get rid of the Granlin deal, I don't think Granlin's a positive asset anymore. 11 ks Nasty. <laughs> I don't think Granlin's a positive asset anymore. Okay. Taylor Goche is whatever. If Anaheim's doing this, it's because they want to run with Lucas Dostal as their as their guy, right? Uh, yeah. 22 years old, look good in some limited starts. Great against dynamite. The yeah, great against yeah. the only game. So if you're Pittsburgh and Anaheim, Like, Granlin negative value. Gibson, probably not worth a first because of that deal, former years at 6.4. I still think it's a first, though, because I think Gibson's probably worth a second from someone else. Okay. And you're dumping Granlin, so you got to up the pick. Maybe you just add a later pick? Yeah, maybe. Maybe Maybe it's a second and a fourth.
3: Yeah, I was trying to find, like, equivalents to this, but, like... It's hard. Goalies are weird, man. Especially ones with term. Like, this very rarely happens, but like we said kind of off the top, like, Vecom can get traded. I think anyone's available for the most for the right price. I just see Pittsburgh as a fit for Gibson. Maybe the the other side of it wasn't so accurate, but Pittsburgh is going to want to get rid of Granlund. Granlund did have 50 points this season. Maybe Anaheim finds that intracted and gets some more offense into the team. And like you said, they have Lucas Dostal.
2: Or they view him as a player, they'll play him in the top six and flip him again next summer and get more picks.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like just, a, yeah. just an asset for them in one way or another, right? So, Or they buy him out. Uh, yeah, straight. What's the buyout
0: for him?
2: It's like 800K this year, then two years of, or three years of 1.6 or 1.8. So you, okay. you extend it to four years, but you're under one mil for one year, under two mil the rest. Mm. Not terrible.
3: No, I think other stops for, for Gibson could possibly be Buffalo.
2: No, they have Uko, Pekka, so. Luke, and Devin Levi. Oh yeah, they do have Levin, I yeah. don't they? And they yeah. have Eric Comrie sitting there too as a third bet. So. Okay, so that's not Another bad. thing too, like again, maybe like, so Granlin doesn't have value now. If you kept half, I bet you Granlin gets you a second round pick. Yeah. So if you're Anaheim and you're like, hey, yeah, we'll we'll take the first for Gibson. We'll take Granlin because we're keeping half and we're flipping them and getting another second out of this deal. So maybe, eh?
3: Possibly. I think that's the way Anaheim's going to view It's like, what can we get back from Pittsburgh that is going to expand to more yep. for us?
2: Yep. I don't hate that deal. I, trading Gibson's just an absolute doozy, though. I'm
3: sure Frank will like that one when we ask
2: him about it tomorrow. I'm sure he'll laugh at us. That's all he ever does <laughs> is laugh at us. He thinks we're a joke. Shout out to AMA Travel. They're not a joke. <laughs> uh amatravel.ca slash dream some of the benefits of booking your summer vacay with ama travel save on travel insurance save on cruises save on vacation packages you know what else you can save on what? guided tours hotels car rental attraction tickets luggage Ooh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that's what i'm talking about
3: luggage is just a, an unnecessary fee you should be able to take a suitcase onto a plane.
2: It's so dumb. Capitalism, am I right? <laughs> hey,
1: <laughs> preach.
2: Drop your hottest <laughs> election. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing today. We yeah, grinded. We, this was an absolute we grind. Did, we I'm watching get- the freaking Jays.
3: <laughs> I've been finding out so much about other teams today.
2: Yeah, that's kind of part of this.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's, do you know what is interesting about the now that the Oilers are done, is obviously throughout the season, like, all our focus is on the Oilers. These last couple of weeks, I feel like I've, I've really explored the league. Mm-hmm. No one plays are available for droids. We're
2: getting smarter.
3: Yeah. There's yeah. some players like, well, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'll say like, I just kind of forget where players play sometimes. Yeah. And then I go, look, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot he went there for this, this, and this. <laughs> Anthony Mantha, perfect example. <laughs> forgot he left Detroit.
2: That happens. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up uh, with a look at some other sports. Brought to you by Betway. Nineteen plus. Please play responsibly. You know what I did today? Already cashed a Kevin Gosman over seven and a half Ks bet.
1: <laughs> Very Sitting nice. here looking at my
2: Jays run line bet, feeling okay about myself. They're up three, ripping the bottom of the six. Knock on wood.
3: I thought you weren't telling people to score.
2: Oh darn it! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you shouldn't be. It's it's like a June one game. If you're really PVRing in <laughs> it, I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm with you on that yeah. one. I used I, when I worked at the radio station, people used to text in all the time. When you'd like give updates on scores during a show, they'd be like, "What
3: the hell's your problem?" It's like, it's like you're
2: listening to a live sports show, <laughs> my guy.
3: What do you expect? Um, what am I betting on? I'm trying to. When did
2: the NBA final start?
3: Tonight. tonight. Is it tonight? Yeah.
2: Oh hell yeah!
3: I'm trying to load it up. here. I
2: got plans tonight now.
3: I had plans too. I was going to go golfing today. Eh, yeah, probably well, not. It's not looking good. I was just going to go out and find a nice little. I like going to Rundle Park. You ever played at Rundle?
2: Like the little par three? It's just a little par three. It's important to work on your short game, it, people.
3: Very much, yep. It's. Uh, I haven't been out yet this season. I'm going tomorrow. I got a nice twilight tea time. I got the first twilight time of
2: the night. That's the freaking best thing you best, can get those, yeah.
3: I'm going to get a full 18 in.
2: Sweat-free 18.
3: Sweat-free yeah. 18. It's going to cost me less than $60 mm-hmm. at a great golf course. I'm excited to go. I'm excited to
2: go. Uh, NBA Finals. Odin says Nuggets in five. I'm going to say the Heat push them, but the Nuggets win. I'll say Nuggets in six.
3: I, we were talking about this off the air and we were explaining to Gabin, like the Denver Nuggets are on a different level to anything zero weaknesses. Zero. Milwaukee was very good. I'm not trying to discount that, but they were terrible in that series. The Knicks were not much against the Heat. The Celtics dropped the ball big time. I just don't see the Nuggets move in this one. I'm saying Nuggets in five.
1: Nuggets in five. And take the over on Jokic points, rebounds. Yes. Night. He's coming out
3: swinging. If you can find a good bet for him to get a uh, triple-double triple on Betway, too, that's what I would go with. Yep.
2: There you go. Shout out to Betway19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Betting on baseball. Betting on basketball tonight. in Game one of the finals and uh, the Stanley Cup finals get going on Saturday. I locked in a Matt Kachuk Consmith bet today.
3: What did you find it at?
2: Betway, four to one. Oh, that is nice. That's good.
3: Yeah. What bad. is Is Bob the favorite?
2: Yeah, it goes Bob Kachuk Eichelstone. Do you think,
3: who do you think wins? We haven't really
2: talked about it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, that's fair. We do Save need stuff. Tomorrow. We got
3: to push things out. Yeah, you 24 know, we got to content go. for
2: the people. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button before you uh, close the tab. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Shout out to Sherwood Ford, the giant sports closet, SportsCloset.ca. As always, we come to you live from the sports closet studio. Star Mechanical, the number one plumbing and heating company in Edmonton, UFC 289, U- Nunez versus Aldana, AMA Travel, and Betway. We'll be back tomorrow. Frank Cerevalli and Jay. Wow. Chaotic and busy Fridays on this show.
3: Yep. Forever and ever.
2: Enjoy your Thursdays, everyone. (laughs) We'll chat with you Friday.
0: (laughs) Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership.